Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Bogelzang, and this is episode number 438. As part of our Art of Living Entrepreneur interview series, today's show is a special one. We'll have a special announcement, so please stick around to the end of the show. But that will not be a problem because our guest today, Christine Crosby, is one of those special people you will just want to listen to. Not only is Christine Crosby a lifelong entrepreneur, she likes to say she is a born entrepreneur, but she's had business and office equipment companies, publishing and book authorship, but Christine Crosby, importantly, is a grandmother. That last bullet about Christine Crosby being a grandmother is probably the most important to Christine Crosby and will be, too, to our Not Old Better Show audience. Being a grandmother opened Christine Crosby's eyes to yet another business idea born out of need. Christine Crosby's success as an entrepreneur didn't give her immediate insight into the world of grandparenting. So, Christine Crosby launched a national magazine, Grand Magazine, to help her, to help us all actually, learn and thrive with our grandchildren. Christine Crosby's insight and gift for recognizing trends was right on point and Grand Magazine has been a huge success. Our Not Old Better Show audience, the 50-plus consumer, has indeed adopted to digital media. Think Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And advertisers are recognizing it, particularly in the case of Grand Magazine. In fact, the internet is brimming with articles on how to market to an elder demographic, Christine Crosby, has figured all of that out. So who wants to reach the 50-plus consumer market? Everybody. We'll talk to Christine Crosby about all that, plus about her early years as an entrepreneur, as well as trends she's spotted about the 50-plus age community. And oh yeah, there's a big announcement coming too. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone editor, founder, and publisher of Grand Magazine, Christine Crosby. Christine Crosby from Grand Magazine, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me, Paul. I'm excited. I am excited, too. I've gotten a chance to know you a little bit. I know our audience is going to know you, but we're going to have some questions today that I, I want to I get into because I think Grand Magazine is such a... It just is a reflection of you and all your passion and drive. You founded it, and you refer to it as your grand baby. So why did those of us... Over maybe a certain age, all of us perhaps in the Not Old Better Show audience are kind of north of that 55 range. I'm going to be 63 here in May. But why do we, why do we need, and, and this includes grandparents, which I'm not, but why do we need a magazine? Well, that's a great question, Paul. Um, I'm, as you know, a woman, and quite frankly, we women kind of grew up with magazines as our source of a more current view of the world whether it was fashion, health, beauty, whatever. So we all kind of grew up with that. And my story is, quite frankly, when I was publishing um, a series of parenting magazines back in the 80s and 90s, I uh, was focused on delivering the message about parenting via a magazine for that exact same reason. And when uh, I became a grandmother many years later, it, it was just a natural for me to think, well, of course, we grandparents want our own magazine. Why wouldn't we? This is a very big stage of life, and it has so much to it. And I certainly do consider this my grandbaby because, uh, first of all, 
the magazine industry is not for the weak-willed. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is not a an easy get-rich-quick scheme. This is a mission, a passion, and I do look at our magazine for the last 15 years as my grandbaby. I protect it and love it and, and nurture it and give it everything that it can possibly have. But I also felt uh, an obligation to grandparents around because what I had learned was that there are a lot of pitfalls in being a grandparent, like there is in parenting. You can really mess it up bad if you're not careful and maybe just innocently step into things you didn't realize were there. And so we like to think of grand as a guidepost, if you will, uh, sort of helping grandparents now realign their relationship with the adult children who are now the parents. The letting go is the biggest factor that we try to help our readers understand. Yes, you were the parent, and you always will be the parent, and you were the boss, but guess what? You're no longer the boss. So things of that nature are pretty important. They sound simple, maybe even banal, but they are definitely critical to the success, the long-term success of families. Thank you for that. That's a wonderful answer. Well, one of the things that I know about you, too, and and this is very much a determinant of, of your success, you have a background in entrepreneurship. And so I'd, I'd like to know, and I know our audience will be excited to hear this, too, your story, a little bit about your first act, your second act, and uh, and, and beyond, which, of course, is is inspiring. But tell us a little bit about those jobs and the pivots, the direction, maybe some of the obstacles and the failures. And you and I have talked um, – and we, we both like this phrase, it takes a village. And I know your own village changed dramatically and your grandparents emerged to have an enormous influence on your life. So what are some of the valuable lessons you've learned, the entrepreneurship lessons, and then the inspiration that you learned personally from your own grandparents? Well, that's that's a big question, and I know we don't have hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll try to put this in a, uh, a shorter uh, context. I have... Uh, I think a very, very fortunate life. I, I grew up in Miami and sadly our family was, was not in a good place. There was a lot of uh, disruption. And so at a very early age, I became a mom and did not have really much of an education and was yet still quite driven to have a life that was as good as possible, of course. So Fortunately for me, when I was in my late 20s, I discovered uh, a job that took me the next step into saying to myself, well, you know what? I could do this job and I don't need to do it as a job. I could do it as my own business. So I turned to a friend, borrowed $1,500, wrote a 30-day business plan, literally, and started my own little business, which was at that time the office equipment supply business. Uh, you might remember back in the day, Paul, when people used copy machines and had to buy rolls of paper and they had to buy the toner that went in them. Um, th- those were those days, and that's what I did. Well, lucky me, I was at the right place at the right time in Orlando, Florida, and the ad- uh, advent of the plain paper copier was coming out of Japan, and I just happened to get a a clue about it one day, called somebody who called somebody, and the next thing I knew, I was talking to somebody who had a distributorship for a um, plain paper copier for the United States. And lo and behold, they didn't have anyone in our area, so we got that distributorship. And it was really a fluke, truly a fluke. 
But the good news was that fluke um, worked because we had a good little team of people who were all very eager to make something of their lives. And gosh, 12 years later, we had nine offices in the state of Florida. Um, We went on to almost 1,200 employees before I left the company. And we were doing quite well in the multi-multi-millions. I think we were 32 million by the time I was selling my my interest in that company. So it was an extraordinary experience for me. I, I mean, truly, without any education, it was on-the-job learning. But I, I think one of my skills was that I love people. I, I wanted to bring everyone up with me. So we always created plans that bonused everybody, revenue share. Uh, so the company was owned by everyone to an extent. And so we all, as a big, big team, pulled the cart together. So that, that did well for me. And I um, was quite happy. However, <laughs> as the old um, adage goes, I was looking for more. There was something else I needed to have in life. And I didn't know what it was. So my partner and I agreed I'd take a two-year sabbatical and be free to kind of discover what it is I could um, discover. And lo and behold, I did. I discovered the world of publishing. I won't go too much into the detail of it, but some of it was uh, pretty dramatic. Um, The last book I published was a true story of a a little girl who had been murdered in Orlando from abuse, and it changed my life. It literally turned me right around, and I became a child and family advocate who was on fire. And that took me into a desire to help young families learn how to parent, avoid the stresses and the, you know, the situations that can lead to that terrible tragedy like this little girl had. And so I started a chain of magazines, had no clue what to do about magazines. I no background whatsoever in it. It was again on the job learning, but I had a passion and I loved it and found the right people who were the experts and put them in the lead where they needed to be. And uh, we were pretty successful. Uh, about nine years later, I was successful in selling that company to the Chicago Tribune and as the Tribune company and um, went merrily on my way to uh, retirement. I married my sweetie, moved over to the west coast of Florida, and I had really no thoughts of ever starting another magazine. But guess what? I became a grandmother. And as that (laughs) uh, new life stage took place, I looked up and I said, well, okay, where's my magazine? I want to do this the best (laughs) I can. Where's all the tricks to the trade? What should I avoid? What should I do? And after considerable research, we discovered there was no such animal out there. And as we uh, researched further, we discovered there is a huge demand. I wasn't the only grandmother that year. There happened to be a lot of us. And so all things considered, I just said, let's do it. And uh, some good friends and some investors came together and we raised some money and we launched Grand Magazine in 2003. So starting Grand Magazine was... uh, Uh, definitely a mission of personal interest as well as love and passion, just like the second one was with my parenting magazines. And um, why do I have this passion? I I think going back to your second part of your question uh, with my grandparents, um, having had such a um, disruptive family myself, my grandparents were kind of that uh, oasis, and they lived in upstate New York, and I'd get to visit them frequently, thank goodness. 
And what I saw was the amazing ability to live your life um, wholly. These folks were smart. They weren't highly educated, but they were very intelligent and they read considerably. They grew their own food. They had a nice little farm in the backyard there that raised all their vegetables. They were very active in the community, whether it was their church or the local government, but they were very active. My grandma was the uh, town clerk and my granddad ran a grocery store and was a a very prominent hunter for his day. So I had a, a good role model for what grandparents can do and what they can offer to a child. And I felt very, very fortunate that I had that experience when you consider what I had in my, my more intimate home life. Mm-hmm. Does that all come together for you well enough there? <laughs> it does. It does. And it leads us nicely to talking a little bit about Grand Magazine. We're going to put links up to where you can find out more about Christine Crosby and Grand Magazine. Of course, it's grandmagazine.com. But let's talk a little bit about the trends that you've seen come about and what you're reporting on within Grand Magazine. It's it's interesting to me that uh, what, when I look through the pages of, uh, of grandmagazine.com, I see things that I, I think are just are, – are big steps and, and interesting trends to perhaps comment on. I, I noticed the Grandparents Academy and, and of course there's talk about uh, working with uh, your grandchildren and, and, and STEM courses. So tell us a little bit about what you're reporting on in the magazine and the kind of the trends that are just jumping out at you right now. Well, I'd say the biggest one, Paul, is the obvious one. We are so connected today. Whether we want to be or not, we are. And that connectivity, and by that I really mean the Internet, has opened the world to anyone anywhere just about. And so I I do see that as probably one of the biggest trends. Um, It has some sad aspect to it. Uh, I, I hear this a lot, and it's unfortunate. Grandmoms today feel left out. They don't feel that they are the fountain of knowledge, that they're being asked to share the wisdom of how they raised their kids or what they did when the baby was crying or whatever. Because now young moms go to Dr. Google. And right there, you're already setting up something that is, I think, tragic. And that's the bonding that young moms have, used to have, much more so, quite clearly in my mind, with their mothers at the time that they became moms. That's gone away. And when that goes away, now there's another gap that takes place. Um, They're not talking. They're not having that kind of communication. And the mothers are not that trusted source anymore. So I think it sets up almost, and don't take this to the extreme, not adversarially, but there is a well, you did it that way, mom, but you know what, here's what Dr. So-and-so says. And so that, that bond that the mother and daughter have, or the son, it could be the son too, of course, is, is shattered. And I've, I find that very sad, very disheartening. And it's, it's a crack in the intergenerational relationship that should be stronger. And, and hopefully it is. And believe me, the love of having a new grandbaby overcomes just about <laughs> everything. So there is, uh, I'm not saying that they're all falling apart, but that is one of those cracks. That I, I don't know what the answer is to solve it, but I think it's uh, an important one. Another um, trend I'm seeing, of course, is the 
longevity trend. We are the longest living generation to hit the planet. And with that is going to come an awful lot of responsibility for taking care of ourselves. If we are going to live long, for goodness sakes, let's live healthfully because who wants to be sick and live long? And that can happen in today's medical age. We can keep us alive for a long time and keep us out of pain. But what is that? (laughs) What kind of life would that be? So I think the big trend, uh, second big trend is the the need and the desire for keeping healthy, learning how to really use your body to its best advantage in older years now. Mm -hmm. Those are two of the biggest. Mm -hmm. I know there are many more, believe me, but uh, those are the two biggest in my mind. Yeah, certainly um, Grand Magazine is is known uh, for so much, and I I think um, these kinds of trends are important to us. I love the tagline, living the ageless life. And we all are concerned about our lives these days. We're all concerned about some of these big issues. The family issues are upon us. One of the interesting ones that um, Grand Magazine has just almost led the way on, really among the first to discuss this very important subject of climate change. And uh, and uh, th- that, that discussion was highlighted with a conversation and interview with uh, Greta Thunberg. So l- why climate change? What, what was it that uh, brought you to that point, that issue at that time? And what is it that we can do now? It, it just seems almost like it's an overwhelming issue. Well, you're right. It sure does seem that way. And I, I tell you, it wasn't like I'm any particularly uh, uh, intelligent person on this topic, but the first time I heard Greta Thunberg, she was 13 years old, when she had already sat outside her school in um, kind of a uh, revolution of uh, not going to school to protest climate change and the fact that the world was doing nothing about it, and yet here was all this evidence that even she, uh, a little girl, was aware of. And she was so passionate about why we are not taking the science that is right in our faces and taking the actions to do whatever we can. It's needless to say, we're all pretty aware now, this is a devastation the impact it's going to have on our children and our grandchildren could be just horrendously awful. And I don't want that. No one does for the grandchildren, but it does seem that we're like Nero. We're fiddling while Rome is burning here, literally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this young woman just hit my heart. And we I must have had her in at least a half a dozen issues. Every video that she's ever recorded, we we make sure that we pass it on. I figured if she inspired me the way she does, she's going to inspire others. And lo and behold, she sure has done that all over the world, mm-hmm. hasn't she? Most definitely. So what's got you excited about it because she's of Grand Magazine? Well, I think the world is certainly, there's never a dull day, is there, between uh, <laughs> no. forest fires and coronavirus and uh, yeah. politics and you name it. It's it's The world is just very exciting. There is so much going on. And I, I think that that is one of the roles Grand is going to continue to play. We want to highlight people who have got a voice of solution, uh, a voice of calm, a voice that's bringing answers to us all for the many, many questions that we're all being confronted with. Um, 
crazy we have for our next issue. We're featuring Alexander Hamilton. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he's not alive, and we're not interviewing him, of course. But <laughs> he he is an image of respect and admiration that I think we want to elevate in our world. Bring bring up more people that people can look up to instead of trying to divulge all the dirty little secrets of everybody out there, which seems to be so much in the media, as you know, our job as we look at it is to bring forth inspiration along with information for people. So we're going to be looking for those individuals, whether they're celebrities, sports figures, music figures, uh, but people who are helping lead our world in a better direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm always excited when I discover someone new who wants to be part of that plan with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, talking about being a part of that plan with us, <laughs> of course, we're talking with Christine Crosby. Christine Crosby and Grant Magazine are going to be making a nice announcement. <laughs> and uh and and of course I'm I'm leading you I'm I'm chuckling a little bit but but it's a it's a serious uh, uh, partnership and and strategic alliance and it's going to join um, the Not All Better Show along with the Grand Magazine family and so I wondered if you'd tell us a little bit about that announcement and uh, give our audience the the kind of the good news. Well, I am very excited about this, Paul. Um, as you mentioned, we, we've come to know each other a little bit over the last few months, and uh, the more I learn, the more excited I become. But the announcement is, is that Grand Magazine has now created a partnership with not the Not Old Better Show. Uh, we are officially partnering on content and for strategic distribution purposes. We see a tremendous amount of positive crossover. You know, podcasting is off the charts with acceptance nowadays, and it is not anything that Grand has on its plate right now. So by joining forces, we're going to combine the best of the best, in my opinion. We're going to have uh, these wonderful podcasts with your excellent expertise. And uh, hopefully, Grand will bring a lot of value to that partnership as well. We have a very exciting audience that is hungry for the kind of content that both the Not Old Better Show delivers and what Grand delivers. So I'm excited. I I see us stepping forward into a a new realm of how we're going to help people. Well, thank you. And and thanks for that, too. And and I have to tell you, I'm I'm excited as well. It it, it has been wonderful to get to know you, get to know what Grand Magazine has to offer. It's it's prominent role in the editorial space of uh, of grandparenting and positive aging, as you just say. So I'm looking forward to this because I'll get to work with you more closely. We'll be doing more of these com- kind of conversations. Uh, that's my hope, Christine Crosby. But um, thanks for uh, introducing yourself to our audience, many of whom I know will know you well. But thanks for making the announcement. And uh, I'm excited about this going forward. But thank you for your time today, too. Your generous time today, Christine Crosby. Well, thank you, Paul. It's been my pleasure. My thanks to Christine Crosby from Grand Magazine, the Not Old Better Show new partner. And check out our site for links and more information and free digital subscriptions to Grand Magazine. My thanks, of course, to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience, for your generous time. I know you have a lot to do, and I appreciate you spending time with me today. Remember to look after yourselves during this health crisis because looking out for yourself means looking out for all of us. We need to flatten the disease transmission curve. 
Please get the facts on COVID-19. Protect each other. Be kind. Be well. Stay safe and practice smart social distancing. And remember to talk about better. The Not A Little Better Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.